Hey, hey. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. I would like to introduce Sue. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yay! Hi, Sue. Hi, um, Hey. And so, Sue, I am going to let you say, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why, why you think I asked you, oh, this is going to be a hard question, why you think I asked you to come speak on the art of tough love. All right. Get it, girl. Tell us a little about yourself. (laughs) Well, if you listened to the podcast before, um, I am a retired women's basketball coach at Central Michigan University. I was, uh, I've been a coach. I was a coach for 39 years. And um, in my 39 years of coaching, I've been fired and I've been sued twice. And uh, and those kind of things really kind of hit you to the core. But I think when you real, when you, I know what I loved, I, how much I loved the game and how much I loved young women that I got to impact and impact me, but I'm a very emotional coach. I'm an emotional person. I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I would always tell recruits and their families, what you see is what you get. I'm not gonna, I'm not a sugar coater. I, I call myself a very, um, uh, diplomatic presenter, but I am a tough love coach. I know that if you ask any of my players, I would tell you in the 39 years, what is the, what is the hardest thing about G? What, what is it? They used to call me G. What is it? And they would tell you that she pushes you and she pushes you hard and she pushes you to get out of your comfort zone. And then what is the one thing that they really liked about G that they would say about me is that I love them. And all I wanted to do was make sure that when they graduated, they were strong, confident women that could make uh, wherever they were at, they were going to make some type of a difference in the community that they were at. And sometimes tough love comes across a little hard. (laughs) You know, it does. But when I was talking to Kirsten about this, I think, you know, people, at, at least young People, I don't know who you all deal with, but when you're 18 to 22 years old, uh, you know, like your, your life depends, your job depends on them, you know, Uh, but I do know they want discipline. I do know they want people to someone to care about them. And I would always tell their, their families, look at, I'm, I'm going to be mama. I'm never going to take your mother's place, but I'm going to be mama. And I know this is how I was raised certain ways and and it's going to be different, but, but understand everything I do is for the benefit of our program and you, and that's not sometimes easy to hear. And I know I wasn't the coach for everybody, 
but I do know when I was recruiting, I know who I wasn't going to. So those are, that's just a little thing of with, with tough love. Love is the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> those kids have to know you care about them at, at, other than just being basketball players. Yeah. And they can feel that. People can feel that. Whether well, they mean, be. Yeah. I Go mean, ahead. you know, right now with COVID and everything, I think I would probably struggle a little bit with COVID right now because I'm a hugger. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, someone comes off the floor and I got my hand on my arm around them, yeah. you know, and I'm either, you know, you know, that was really good or come here, let's talk about this for a yeah. second. Uh, right. Or, you know, when they come down on the bench, I would always make sure or when they come in my office. Sometimes people, you know, players, there's a whole lot going on with them right now. And especially right now with COVID, with the yeah. mental part of it. Uh, so, you know, words, words mean a lot because for me, at, you know, again, embracing is, right. is big. And, and I know you can't do that right now. Right. So could you talk to us a little bit about the difference that you see between tough love and just being hard on yourself or other people? I think a, a couple of things. You can be hard on somebody, uh, but yet you have to let them know what, if, if I'm hard on somebody, if they, if they weren't doing what I was asking them to do, it was like, look, I'm gonna, you, have, you have two choices here. You're either gonna do it the way I want you to do it, or you can sit down. It's yeah. your choice. And then, but when you do see them do it, you acknowledge that at least they're trying, you know, and I would say to our, our, our kids all the time, it's like, look, show me a new mistake. Mm, you keep, you know, like you keep doing double dribble. You, I, I don't know if you, you're traveling, you know, so, you know, you, you've got to make sure you shot fake and keep your foot down. And I'm being kind of specific and I don't know if you know basketball, but I'm just trying to no, that's tell, good. You know, you tell them how to do something. Right. And so, you know, they do it. And it's like, that's great. That's, that's right there. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. But when they do the same thing three and four and five times over, it baffles my mind. What, what part of it don't you understand? What am I not explaining good enough to you? Help, help me help you. And I would always say that to them or help me understand where you're at. I can't fix something if I don't know what it is. I don't know what I don't know. So the, when you're hard on somebody, I don't think you get the same, there's not a line of communication, you know? And I think you always, that's, I think that's one of the biggest things for me is that communicating is huge. And part of that, what's one of the best things about being a great communicator? What do great communicators do that's not rhetorical I was wondering if anybody knows (laughs) I mean I would say great communicators connect and make you feel heard I would say that's important to me and I totally agree but I think the biggest thing for communicators and again this is my field is that they listen and they're attentive while they're listening and I think that's a big thing too, because if someone's talking to you and I'm, I'm one of these I, in the eye, you, you know what? I, I want you to look me in the eye yeah. because if they're all over the place or <laughs> they're, they're doing this, you know, you're not listening. You're not, you're not, you're not listening to me or they're like this. 
It's like, oh Lord, I'm not getting through. How am I going to get through here? You know, and then once, I think it's important anytime you ask a question, you just better be ready for any answer. And, you know, it's like, well, you asked the question, so this is the answer you get, but you listen to it and then you take it in. Because the bottom line is, again, empowering our kids, our, our, my, our empowering our team, listening to them, um, giving them the, the, again, I go back to discipline mm -hmm. because I think right now in this day and age, things have changed in the last 39 years with accountability and responsibility mm -hmm. for the young women and their parents. You know, so talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that. Where have you seen the accountability change and where would you like us to go? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, again, I say this, you know, I'm, I'm old school. I'm, I'm old school. Not everybody's a winner, you know, <laughs> not everybody's a winner. Not everybody gets a trophy for being in seventh place. It just, right. that, that's just not how it works. Right now. <laughs> and, and parents, you know, everybody thinks hard work. My daughter, she's working so hard. Well, yeah, she's supposed to. Mm -hmm. she's, she's supposed to do that. Um, and just because she's working hard, the next person is working just as hard too, but she's not being as productive. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's not getting the playing time that you think she needs. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, parents fight battles a lot for their, their players or their, their daughters. And so what are you teaching them? You, you, what are you teaching them? I mean, you know, you go into the real world and, you know, you get a, maybe not the best evaluation. You're going to have your mom call your boss. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. No, you know, in, in that lad, this latter part of my career, I was older than some of the parents. So, you know, I'm talking to them and I would say like, this is your grandma talking. This is, you know, you know how your grandma was raised. Well, this is grandma. And this is, you know, I, I, I gave letters to my parents. It was a parent's expectation letter of mm -hmm. what I expected from them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and one of the things was never, ever call me about your daughter's playing time mm -hmm. because it's not your business, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's a tough conversation. If you think about so, it with parents. Yeah. If you could, if you could pretend like this is not going to affect your career, which it won't obviously. So if you could just, if you could just say to the parents, how you would want them to teach. Cause I, that's so true. Like the accountability, the peace, you don't want to teach your kids. Like, I don't want to teach my kids that I'm just going to come in and save them the minute they get in second place like that, that's not a thing. You know, Kirsten, I've had many a parent, many a parent tell me, I can hardly wait for you to get her, G. I can hardly wait for you to get her. And it's like, why? Uh -huh. Why are you waiting for me? Yeah. Because I would, I can't change somebody in four years what they've been able to do for 18. Right. Right. Now I can change behavior. And, and I, I had one mother say, I can't get her to do anything. I can't get her to be on time. I can't get her to pay attention in class. Mm 
-hmm. you know, and I'm thinking, well, what do you want me to do about that? Mm-hmm. But what I did have was I had a scholarship and, and I, again, talking to this young woman, she had a great heart. She had a big heart. She just needed someone to help her be accountable, to help her be responsible because the, the life of the parents was kind of in chaos. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, look, you are going to go to class. You're going to be on time. You're going to sit in the first three rows. Mm-hmm. But I had something I could take away. I had the brown ball. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, there are some, I mean, what's important to whoever you're dealing mm-hmm. with? I think that's key. What's important. Right. Um, because if it's not, then, you know, you, you, you don't bring them on board then. Or if they are on board, then it's like, okay, but you're on board, but this is the way it's going to be. Right. And, and I'm one, I'm a, I golf. I don't know if anybody golfs, but you know, you have mulligans, do overs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or you have, you know, three strikes and you're out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I do that too. I, I mean, I did that also. It's like, uh-huh. okay, you know, you, you had a mulligan. So, yeah. you know what, just, this just can't happen again. You know, you oversleep, you know, you've got a phone, you have roommates. Do we need to start babysitting you and calling you to make sure you're up? Hey, hey, thanks for listening. I wanted to introduce to you a few of my friends who are also entrepreneurs, small businesses who I think are making a great impact. Here they are. Christine Borst of Christine Borst Creative here. I'm a professor and therapist turned creative entrepreneur, and I want to offer listeners of this podcast 10% off my Etsy shop featuring whimsical art and fitness inspired gear. Find links to my shop at my website, christineborst.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-B-O-R-S-T.com and follow me on Instagram at christine underscore E underscore B-E-E. Use the code F-I-2-0-2-1 for 10% off. So, okay. So I want to ask a little bit more about that. So I'm guessing you gave someone some feedback what we're calling is tough love feedback let's say and then they have a reaction well, feedback and direction okay i think feedback. direction direction and then, and then and then yeah feedback right so when they have aversion to that like like they would like you said how how do you move on after a tough conversation a tough love conversation how do you move on from that? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because during the course of my career, I've had some real tough confrontational chats, if you will, with my assistants. Okay. And one assistant in particular really, uh, I thought disrespected me. Okay. And, um, and, being the type of person I am, you know, we, we talked about it. I, I brought her in and I said, look, this is what I saw. This is what happened. I really don't feel I, you, I need to make the decisions, not you. And she lost her mind. She lost her mind. Cause she questioned, she thought I was being disloyal and she started crying and everything. And it was like, no, this is what I'm saying. It's not about loyalty. It's about, I have to make the decision and I I need you to be on the same page with me. 
And well, I was, and I was like, no, you weren't. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to go back to my office and go to work. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And she did. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go down to practice and we weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, she had some time to cool off and she came into my office and she apologized. She apologized, coach, I, I overreacted. I am really sorry. And I kind of looked at her and I said, you know, this is the first time this has happened. I said, and I'm really disappointed in how you reacted to that. I appreciate your apology, but this can never happen again. Well, it won't. I go, okay. I let that go. Yeah. I, I, I had to forget about, I mean, I just, I don't like things like that to dwell Mm -hmm. in me uh, but it's really important for me to get out what what I see and you know to see okay you know what this is how she felt I didn't agree with it at all but you know I I, I just I can't keep it I can't I can't keep it I already owned it and now it's like now, now it's move on move on right I don't right. know if that makes any sense to you it does and we have comments coming in you know I saw, I feel that's a great way to confront. Um, so I was trying to put myself in your situation. Like if I had to confront someone and I said before we started recording that I'm excited to talk about this because I feel it's really hard for me to have tough love conversations to bring it up like that. And what I kind of realized when you were talking about that and I want you to see if this, if you can kind of explain it so I can practice it is in that moment when she, the assistant started freaking out, getting super emotional. Mm -hmm. It seems as if you were able to one, like keep yourself calm and, and not get wrapped up in the emotion. But I think what you're really great at, one of the things you're really great at is the love part of the tough love too. Like the love needs to be there. And what comes up for me is I'm a big heart hearted person, but the difference for me is like, I would be like in that moment, it'd be hard for me not to be liked. Like, so you were okay. loving that <laughs> she was not liking it. So, so keeping that, like, are, are there any like questions or things you think about? So like, I don't have to be liked right now, but I need to show what is the mindset behind that? Well, you, you I know think, what I mean. You, yeah, I, I, I think I okay. do. But okay, <laughs> so if I'm not, then you just say something. But okay. um, in my position, okay, as the the uh, head coach or you know right. the the boss, right? Uh, you have to make decisions that right. affect your program and you're not going to be liked. No, not all the time. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, e even when you're talking to administrators, you know, I was a pusher. Uh, I, you know, I will say that, you know, I would go in and I'd say, you know what, we need a nutritionist and this is why, and this is how I think we can pay for it. And nope, can't do it can't do it. It's like, so I'd say, okay, well, here's another way to do it. Or here's another way. And I would push and push. And, you know, they would look at me sometimes like, oh God, here she comes again. What does she want now? And anything I ever wanted was for the betterment of our program. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, you know, I, 
And with our players, it's like, yeah, you're not going to like me sometimes. You're just not. And sometimes, you know what? I'm not going to like you either. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to continue to love you, but I don't like what you're doing right now. That's where this is what I need you to do. You know, I mean, because that's just the way it is. And when you become the boss, there's a certain amount of thick skin you have to have because, you know, people are going to come at you at all kinds of different ways and they want this and they want that. And it's like, no, especially parents, Mm -hmm. especially parents. And they're, you know, but that's why I always tell them, look, um, I'm the head of the household now and she's coming to me and this is how we do things here. And if that's not something you want to do, then there are so many other schools to go to. Yeah. Go. Thank you for listening to Making Changes You Love to Live with Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free. And share this with a friend. You never know when you can just make their day.